You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, and thank you for joining me for The Scoop with Tanya Flanagan. I'm so happy you decided to wake up and start your day with me. Here on The Scoop, where we talk about life, joy, funny moments, trending topics, and so much more. We promise to keep you in the know and find out what you know. So, let's get started. Welcome to another Sunday morning with The Scoop. I'm your host, Tanya Flanagan, and I'm so excited that you're up this morning to talk with me. I am welcoming to the show today an old friend and a new acquaintance to talk about a gripping novel that's out in bookstores today. You can put it on your shelf if you like. It's called Saint Bloodbath, written by Frederick Douglas Reynolds. And this subject, um, it's about a, just a true crime novel, folks, and it's near and dear to me. I used to be a cop reporter. When I first moved here to Las Vegas, I worked for the Review Journal and I covered police and fire. So um, a different type of understanding of law enforcement and police work. So I'm excited to talk today about what really is going on in the minds of the characters in the book, the author of the book, and how... Um, True crime really works and, and cases evolve. So join me in welcoming author Frederick Douglas Reynolds, who wrote St. Bloodbath to the show. Um, Frederick, good morning. Good morning. I'm glad to have you. Glad, glad to be here on this beautiful Sunday morning. Well, thank you for joining me. He is also on with, we have retired Long Beach police detective Mark McGuire. Um, good morning, Mark. Good morning. Good morning. That is the type of voice we want to hear on a Sunday morning. Um, so both of them are retired from law enforcement. And Mark is with us because he's the subject. He's the detective in this book. So so we can lay a little um, foundation. Fred, why don't you give us a quick overview, or either one of you who wants to take it, give us a quick overview of what the story is so we can put things in context for our listening audience. Okay. The story is about um, the massacre of five homeless people in the city of Long Beach in 2006. Um, and those murders eventually tied into an additional murder that happened three months later in, in the desert area of Lancaster in 2009. And this story basically uh, details how, how the investigators uh, responded to the scene, how they ended up uh, uh, collaborating with, with another agency, because there's two different agencies involved, the Long Beach Police Department and the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, who investigated the murder uh, in the desert. So the story basically talks about the interagency cooperation between the two agencies and how the Long Beach Police Department initiated the investigation and um, also eventually helped the Sheriff's Department solve their case. Okay, so I think that lays our foundation. So for those of you who love to watch like 48 Hours, this is really the real deal. This book is, the book is great. Um, 
Let's talk a little bit about how one finds themselves taking the life path both of you have taken and then ending up in law enforcement and then choosing to write a story about these murders. And you mentioned it's of homeless people in the city of Long Beach. And a lot of times um, we feel like crime places value on the lives of people depending on their lifestyles. So I was looking at a little bit of your background, and interestingly enough, you have a second book called Black, White, and Gray All Over, which is, I believe, your first book, and it's a memoir. So in there you share, and I learned from reading the intro to St. Bloodbath, um, a lot of times I don't read the foreword, let me be honest. This time, because I, I knew Mark, and I've known him for a number of years as a homicide detective from my reporting days and just as friends, um, I read the foreword. And then I began to, which was a lot of information that I was like, hmm, what am I going to do with this? And I began to read the story, some several chapters in. Today, before talking with you, I just happened to go back to the foreword again. And as I read that, it really laid um, the groundwork for me. It talks about you being homeless and growing up in, De- in Detroit in the Motor City Um, becoming homeless later, working in security, and eventually finding your way into law enforcement. How does that lead to writing a book and then having the discipline to write a book like this? Um, You know, I had a difficult difficult upbringing. Um, You know, I grew up in Detroit, a really really rough area uh, of the city. And I was, you know, I had a, a... a rough uh, home life, and I started hanging out in the streets with, you know, with the wrong crowd, and ended up dropping out of school, uh, was bumming around, and, you know, I knew that it was going to lead to incarceration or, or to, to death, right? So I just, I knew that I had to get out of that environment, so I joined the, the Marine Corps, which took me away. Um, after I got out of, out of the Marine Corps, or shortly before I got out of the Marine Corps, I met, I met a young lady that lived in the city of Compton. And when I eventually got out of the Marine Corps, you know, um, we were married and things didn't work out with us. I couldn't go back to Detroit. I didn't have a home out here in California. So I, I, I didn't have any source of income. So I, I, I was homeless for a little while. I slept in my car, slept in all night movie theaters. Um, until I got a job working security, and that led to me uh, working in the city of Compton as a police officer because I had a connection with Compton because of of, of my ex-wife. Um, it, it was a rough it was a rough going for me, but once I got into law enforcement, it, it was good for me. Help help provide uh, a life for me uh, and, and the two children that I had with my ex-wife. It also caused me to to look at homelessness with a new outlook because um, I know a lot of people just look over homeless people or as we call them nowadays, the unhoused, uh, but but they each have a story. There's a, there's a story behind all of us. And, and a lot of times these people, they, they're in these situations because they have no choice. Right? And when when I started writing this book, um, I lived in the area. As my career progressed, 
um, I ended up meeting uh, Mark McGuire, who was one of the investigators uh, in this book. And we worked several cases together. I know him really well. And we became friends. The, the murders of the five homeless people in 2000 and occurred approximately less than a mile from where I was living at uh, at the time. I knew some of them, these homeless people. Uh, I, I bought some of them food on occasion. I gave them money from time to time. Two of, the, two of them were, well, one of them at least was a informant for the, the unit that I was working at at the time because I worked in the city of Carson, which is right next to, to where uh, they were murdered. So I had a really, really good connection with these people, and, and you know, I was devastated that it happened. And um, I was able to, to assist uh, Detective McGuire because my team, like I said, had a connection to him. So I, ha- I, had, a, I had a strong grasp on the case, and, and it also affected me deeply because, because of my background. I had been homeless. Right. Um, this or not far from where I lived. And okay. now in one of the people charged with investigating the case is, is, is one of my dearest friends. Right. Um, so that's that's quite the twist. And I think that's what grabbed me. You know, I'm into the book I'm reading. And then today I just happened to go back and glance at this foreword. And I'm like, oh, wait, he was homeless. So. Yeah. And then it tied to Mark's, I think there's a, there's a portion of the book where it's like in this book, you, you acknowledge the value. And it made me want to ask you, Mark, if there's a code of ethics and honor as a homicide detective. So at one point, Fred is homeless and he becomes a police officer, ends up working homicide. You become a police officer, end up working homicide. These people are homeless. But you're, it's almost like you have this code of ethics that everyone's a valuable person and everyone's case deserves to be worked. And so this book Absolutely. just drills into the details of that. And there's so much humor. Let me let me compliment you for it, because I've known Mark for I used to be a reporter for a short while at the Long Beach Press-Telegram. And that's how I met Detective McGuire. Okay. I was working a okay. story and his humor has always been dry and he's very direct and so if anyone knows his personality, you know how dry, it's dark, um, it's no nonsense. If you're not ready, it's like a slug to the chest, right? So as right, I'm reading right. your book, I'm like, well, he sure got that personality, good and honest. And so some parts of it, like it's dark, but I found myself laughing and so on the one side, Mark, I want to ask you about your code of ethics and how you work a case. But real quick to Fred, is the humor accidental or is it intentional? Or is it just because I might have a different bit of insight into this lead character for this book? And I don't think I've ever known a lead character of a book like this. No, it, it, it's, it's absolutely intentional because one of the things that I, that I wanted to do uh, as much realism to the book as I could, right? Okay. And, and homicide investigators see so much tra- tragedy. Uh, we see so so many horrific things. There, there to be, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at 
especially a bit looks back, you know, to quote, you know, Nietzsche, but you have to be able to, to balance that horror and that devastation with humor. And every homicide investigator does it. So, Mark, what say you? I mean, it ties into your code of ethics, but it ties into your character. This book really, um, I think it just honestly captures how you respond to just life, because I know you. So how did you come, how does it feel to be the focus of a book? Well, um, it, it was an honor for me uh, for Fred to ask to write the book. And I've had other offers to write a book about this case of uh, five homeless people uh, murdered in the city of Long Beach. But I knew Fred, I've known Fred uh, for quite a while. Um, and after he wrote Black and White and Gray All Over, uh, that sealed the deal for me um, as far as how he captures um things how he uh how he writes and he puts you inside of the book or the circumstances in the book and after i read black and white and gray all over and i know him as well as he knows me i would think we're both scorpios by the way and um don't let him fool you tanya he's exactly like me (laughs) um it's actually kind of scary uh that we're this close uh, he could be another McGuire brother, but that's another story. Okay. Um, but w- when I work a case, um, you know, and what really set me apart from other other homicide detectives or detectives is that I treat all my cases the same. Um, I try to put myself in the victim's family shoes. And one of the things that helped me do that was when Daryl Black got killed in 2000. Um, that set the tone for me to work every case like it was a family member. And my secret, if there is one, is that I try to find somebody of the family, of the deceased, to work for, um, to carry on, you know, the justice for the for the deceased person and for the family. So um, I work every case exactly the same. Everybody gets the same treatment. They get the same level of intensity um, when I'm working a case. So it is it is my code. Um, homicide is a special job. You know, we speak for the dead and we're supposed to search the end of the earth uh, for the suspect. And that's what I tried to do. Um, and Fred is exactly the same. You know, when we met back in the 90s, we were working gangs and we worked our gang cases the same way. And, it, and then it segued into uh, working murder, working homicide. So that's that's why. And then with my work ethic, you know, the way I was raised by pops and, you know, to do the right thing, to take care of people, that all part of my personality and to deal with the horror that we see and some of the stuff that we see, uh, humor is a huge, plays a huge part in uh, coping with that, as you know. Yes, I remember sometimes having conversations with you and I would urge you to be careful. And your comeback was always like let me do this random thing. I could lose my life any day just going to work. And it was always really sobering when you would say that to me. And at the time, I think I was a few years out of being a homicide cop reporter doing, you know, police and firing. And Las Vegas is another landscape that's really colorful when it comes to 
to police work. Um, going back to the days of how, you know, things started here, um, the stories of bodies in the desert and just other stuff. It's a really colorful place that no matter what seems to happen in the world almost, it's like the people touch Las Vegas. It's it's crazy like that. So I've, I see stories um, from the inside. Even now, I, I'll watch things on the news and I can almost hear what your reaction is going to be to certain stories like um, kidnappings that aren't really kidnappings or disappearing people who make up things that they, you know, were abducted. It's like, mm-mm, there's more to that story. So there's so much that goes into police work. And I think this book is just a great tell story. Um, and I wondered with that, if that homeless component, why this story? Why not? Like, Fred, you're a police officer. You're in this in this space. Mark, you're in this space. There's so many stories you could have told, but this is the story that you chose. Uh, let me go first, Fred, and then you can. Uh, it, it was the pinnacle case of my career because it was what we call a whodunit. You know, we had no suspects. We had nothing. Just just a bunch of victims and an ugly crime scene. Um, so it was a whodunit. And then as we started, we, meaning when I say we, uh, Long Beach PD, the forensic people, L.A. County Sheriff's Lab, the coroner's office, it's all a team, including the witnesses that we had to interview. Um, it's all one big team trying to solve this case. And I had to use every bit of my, my skill set as a policeman and as a person to solve this case, you know, working with other agencies, uh, California Department of Corrections is involved as well. So is uh, LA County Probation. So it was my biggest case because we had nothing. And then we uh, went from nothing to, you know, getting a suspect or two and then putting it all together. Um, and then the LA County Sheriff, Lake Los Angeles Lancaster case became a part of it. And then it grew even more. Um, and it took, it took, uh, I caught the case in uh, November of 2008. And we didn't file it until two and a half, three years later. Um, I'm not going to give up a lot of that because I'd like we to. We want people to, to read the book. book. Yes, yes, read this <laughs> read book. The and, book. Read the book and watch but, the story uh, un- unfold. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was one of the greatest, one of my greatest um investigations that I've ever done simply because when you do a case like this and we knew it was going to be a potential death penalty case you know you have to follow all the rules you can't have any shenanigans and um you got to make sure everything is right and and that's what this case was for me and I was able to give those five families uh, some justice now Fred can tell you what why he picked it and tell me, Fred, when you do, I'm often curious about what um, motivates a person to name a book the way they, you know, what they do call it. Yours is Saint Blood Bath. And so why'd you pick the story? Why'd you name it Saint Blood Bath? Can you tell us that? Or is that part of the twist we need to read the book? Yeah, I'll, I'll, the, I'll answer the, first, the second question first. Um, <laughs> I can't reveal why the title um, the the basis or the reason why I picked that particular title without telling a large part of the story. So okay. I'll let that play. That's fair. Um, as as far as why I wanted to 
to write about this story. It, it, a lot of different things um, played a part into it. Like I said, uh, I, I knew some of the victims. I interacted with some of the victims. I bought food for some of the victims. One of the victims actually worked for my team when I was the supervisor of the gang unit in the city of Carson, which is right next door to Long. I lived less than a mile from where the murders happened. Uh, I knew McGuire. He was a friend of mine that worked cases with him before. And I also knew his partner on this case, who I want to you know, tip my cap to as well, Hugo Cortez. I had worked uh, cases with him as well. The Sheriff's Department personnel, Martin Rodriguez and Bobby Gray, I worked with them when I worked Sheriff's Homicide. So I had a good grasp of everything connected with this case as far as the victims, as far as the investigators, as far as the location, right? Additionally, this was the largest mass murder in the history of the, of the city of Long Beach. And like you mentioned before, Tanya, earlier um, in, this, in this interview, uh, a lot of times people like this are glossed over, right? Right. Uh, homeless people, they don't, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. When this story first happened, it was a huge story when, when, when the powers that be, when local government thought that they were part of a serial killer, some mad uh, man or woman going around, you know, killing serial, killing homeless people, right? Mm -hmm. Now it's a big deal. Once um, McGuire and his partner uh, determined that it's you know, not a serial killer, it's just, you know, it's, 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 it's a murder, horrible as it may be, but it's a murder that has a street Right. right. Now, all of a sudden, no, no one cares about these people anymore. Right. And right. that's what I give. That's what Brian is part of credit for, because to them, it didn't matter. They worked the case the same from beginning to end. And it didn't matter whether a serial killer um, was responsible or whether it was um, free stuff. And I want to say so, in your in your story, you do a, a really great job of introducing these people to your readership, right? Of yeah. giving them personality and color and details so that um, we begin to because when you're first reading it, I'm going to be honest, you're reading about dead homeless people. So you're like, is this where we're staying? Are we going anywhere else? And then you start to realize, OK, he's really showing you who these people are. And it also raises your um, sensitivity level to think about how people end up there. And like you said, when we first began to, to talk, everyone has a story. And you realize, you know, this homeless person is someone's mother, father, brother, sister, uncle, aunt, cousin, friend, um, wife, it's a person. It's not just a dead person, but they wore multiple titles and hats to someone despite the circumstance of where their life is at this point. They could have any one of these various titles and they matter to someone. And you really brought that out that while the struggle was there's a lot of homeless people in Long Beach who could kill that make this the most interesting, winding police investigation over a three-year period um, until the ch charges are filed. Here's who is watching what happens, and here's who cares about in these people, and this is why this matters. Looking back at all the things you've been through, cases you've worked, how it has 
enhanced your life, affected your life? Would you do anything differently? Would you be in law enforcement or would you have done something different? I wouldn't change a thing. That's beautiful. Fred? I wouldn't change a thing either because, okay. you know, the butterfly effect is real, right? And I affected a great many people um, during my career for the better, right? Absolutely. I was able to, I was able to bring closure uh, to a lot of families. I was able to take a lot of uh, bad people off of the streets as and I'm sure Mark shares my exact um, feelings in regard to that issue. But kind of w- one thing that you brought up that I need to I need to touch on was how the the victims in this case were humanized. That to me that was the single most important part of this book. I didn't I didn't want a reader to pick up this book and just read about five dead people or six dead people and how the investigators caught who killed. Them. Yeah, and I see that because you spent a great deal of time in the beginning of the book laying the groundwork and and giving us that painting the story. Um, Yes. We are coming down. I want to make sure people know where to find. If you ever have, if you're one of those people who loves a whodunit, um, but you like real life stuff, this is a true crime story, St. Bloodbath by Frederick Douglass Reynolds, um, starring the Mark McGuire. but it's a true crime story, and I want people to know where they can find it. So, and you are, let me just mention, have won several awards for this book. So, where can people get their hands on it? And if they want to start to see more stuff from you, and Mark, I don't know if you in your celebrity status are starting to get into your social space, but um, I know you've got some other platforms out there you're being vocal on. We can share those. Fred, where can people get, the, get their hands on the book, and how can they follow you and get more? Okay, the, the book is available uh, through Amazon and also through Barnes & Noble. Okay. Uh, the, the, the first book, Black, White, and Gray All Over, is, is available through those uh, two, two uh, vendors as well. Okay, my website is, is uh, frederickdreynolds.com. Um, and like I said, it, I, I'm proud of both books. I actually think the St. Bloodbath is, is, is probably a better book, even though uh, Black, White, and Gray All Over has won 22 book awards. Um, um, but I, I see that many in the future for, for St. Bloodbath. So Amazon and Barnes & Noble for both books. Awesome. Um, Mark, I know you've got some stuff going on. Any? Um, are we giving up social handles today? Be the, uh, on IG, uh, you can follow me with the book. Think bloodbath, and I got to say this before I go. Um, you know, I've known Fred for however many years, and he is uh, my mentor and one of my closest friends in life. And we've been uh, through hell and back. So uh, when he wrote black and white and gray all over, and then he wanted to write Saint Bloodbath, I have to say this: um, I couldn't have picked a better person in the world to capture this story and to capture my personality. So I had to say that. I, I got to say that every time I get interviewed, um, just so people know, you know. And I have to co-sign that because I have to co-sign that because I know you and Fred, I don't know you, but I read this and I'm like, that is Mark McGuire for real. Like I, I you know, having my police background, my reporter background, and just because I've known Mark for years as a friend, 
Um, he's one of my closest friends. So I was excited to to have this opportunity to um, see his life in writing this way, to see his life, his story, an aspect of it, a, a segment shown to me the um, the intensity of the work that goes into working a case. I'm telling y'all, if you like whodunits and like real life stuff, y'all think that reality TV is what's up. Reality TV is cool. Um, to take a look at real life work and how a story um, unravels and what happens in these five people, what happens to their life and then how it's told, how they were living homeless, they die, but then how they matter in their death and how justice is brought to the families and just to see how it all works. So St. Bloodbath, Detective Mark McGuire is a big focus in this book. He's an interesting character to get to know. You were going to tell us you have an Instagram page. Where's What's that social handle, McGuire? At Drummer 90 at BW Drummer 90 and you can get more on Frederick Douglas Reynolds at his website, frederickdreynolds.com. I want to thank both of you for hanging out with me this morning for grabbing a cup of java and just um, sitting and talking about St. Bloodbath. It's been a pleasure to have you on The Scoop. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Until next time, thank you folks for tuning in and have a wonderful Sunday. I want to thank you for tuning in to The Scoop with me, Tanya Flanagan. And I want to invite you to get social with me. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. My name is my handle, T-A-N-Y-A-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. You can also find me on Instagram at Tanya Almanize Flanagan. And if you have a thought, an opinion, or a suggestion, don't hesitate to shoot me an email to tanya.flanagan at unlv.edu. Thanks again for joining in. Stay safe and have a great week. <laughs>